So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Tuesday, we head to the battlefields of medieval Spain to witness the very first ambulance. On Wednesday, it's the anniversary of the day Coca-Cola's creator hit on his winning formula. He dropped the wine, but kept the cocaine. On Thursday, the thief who stuffed the crown jewels down his trousers. And on Friday, when free-spirited Danish parenting put 90s New York in a tears. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, Man fans. Ollie Man here with The Modern Man. And in this episode, we're going to tell a truly magical Christmas story. It's the tale of one man with a dream and the people from across the world who helped him turn a silly Christmas song into an official bona fide hit. It's also the story of how you, yes, you, did something wonderful this time last year and helped improve the lives of hundreds of children in the process. This is the story of Pod Aid: how to write a Christmas hit. Let's go. And Ollie Pitt is with me. Happy Christmas, Ollie. Happy Christmas. We are here to revisit a significant moment in the annals of modern man history, I think. Yeah, for sure. In each episode of The Modern Man, I get set challenges to test out trends. I've had my brain fried, I've had a sound bath, uh, and I've built an escape room. And they usually take me about a week, give or take. Yeah. But this time last year, I was set a challenge that would take me... Ten weeks. Yes, we chucked you right in the shit. Uh, let's travel back in time. Picture the scene. It's October 2018, and this happens. Week one. Jim Taylor says, Having met Ollie last summer when he saw me playing with Reverend and the Makers, I would like to suggest a musical challenge for your little ginger genius. <laughs> a musical. His challenge for you mm. is to write a Christmas song. <laughs> You fan of the Christmas hit parade, Ollie? No, I hate Christmas. <laughs> well, that's your title right away, isn't it? Yeah, OK, fine. Everyone would want to hear the Ollie Pitt Christmas single. Of course they would. So the idea is, now we're, we're aware this is a difficult thing for you to pull together in a week. So that's why you have a while. The idea is that over the next few weeks, you can update us on your progress. Um, we're going to try and help you along the way and put you in touch with people who might be able to help you write and produce and actually put together a Christmas song that we're going to try and make available by the end of this series. <laughs> Okay? Yeah, I um, suppose. <laughs> Week two. I spoke to a chap called Chris Lockery, who okay. has investigated the science behind the perfect Christmas song. So he's broken down all of the, not all of the Christmas songs, but a, a large swathe of them, and looked for key elements to each of those songs that make them a successful Christmas song. And he gave me a few top tips, so... Call mid and fuck off. No, no, he was really helpful. He said almost all Christmas songs, without exception, are in a major key. Yeah, well, happy time of year, isn't it? Don't sound so like, oh, yeah, well, I knew that. No, I'm not... I mean, there are occasionally, like, morose Christmas number ones, aren't they? What's that one that was the Tears for Fears cover? You know, 
find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. Yeah, good well, that, voice. Yeah. yeah, but was that a Christmas song or just a Christmas number one? Oh, I see. Yeah, like Stay Another Day, that's a song that just happened to come out at Christmas time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it was so, a Christmas number one. Both kind of right. Christmas songs in a major key. Anyway, fine. this is a Christmas song. It's got to be in a major key. Yeah. So this is going to be in a major key. Yeah. So the next thing was I asked him about was instrumentation. What's going to be in there? Three things. Jingle bells. Yes. Chimes. Yes. And tambourines. Okay. He then asked me what type of Christmas song that I wanted to do, so what genre, because he said there are three main genres of Christmas song. Thrash metal. Carols. Yeah. Jazz style. Really? Yeah. Like so, what? Chestnuts roasting. That's jazz, right? Sure. And what's the third category? <laughs> pop. I mean, pop, yes. Yeah, pop. I think let's go pop. And then the last thing was the time signature. So I just assumed could pop song 4-4. But what Christmas Wow, actual musical vocabulary going on. I'm a drummer. I'm yeah, a drummer. I'm not. So, like, I don't know what a time signature is, really. I okay. know it's to do with how many beats are in a Well, song. that's like one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Uh-huh. But what Chris has said, if you want a successful Christmas song, yeah. is 12-8. Okay, I don't know what that means, but I'm excited by that factoid. So it's kind of like a Bavarian-type umpa time signature. So it's like... Do, 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 do. Christmas time, Christmas Time, do, do, be, do, be, do, do, do. It's a bit like that. It's like ploddy. Wow, that's a hit no, but that already. Sounds, that would, no, I mean, you've got the chorus. But you know what I mean? That kind of sounds quite Christmassy, right? It, yeah, yeah. No, As in, that, I'll tell you what it sounded like a bit when you just did that. It sounded like the one that goes... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sounded like that one. But it didn't sound like Band-Aid or Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. No. I would go pop music with an um pa bridge. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go full on Bavarian right. with the bloody lederhosen on. Sure. I'm going to just have that as the time signature with some kind of like, you know, jingles, a major key with an umpar kind of rhythm to it. It's going to be sexy, going to be loud. It's going to look great, sound great. And you, you're going to love it. It's going to be great. So, Ollie, here we are a year later listening back to all of that. How does it make you feel? Well, it's odd, isn't it? Because... Back then, we didn't know anything. We didn't know where we were going to go from there. Well, it was just a challenge on the show being played for laughs, basically, wasn't it? Yeah, and I'll be frank with you. I just I didn't think that we would follow it up in the other weeks. <laughs> I thought it would be just the end of it, and that'd be game over. You didn't think at this point we were heading towards a destination where we'd actually have a decent Christmas song that would get released as a charity single. That was no, because if we, we had fantasy. Nine, yeah, exactly. We had nine weeks to do it, so it was basically impossible with my skills. And then, well, then one of our listeners, Arian, got in touch. And said, hey, you should get in touch with this guy called Philip Mark Anquitel. Who's an actual record producer. Like a proper actual one. He's worked with famous people and everything. Yeah, because usually when listeners get in touch and say, have you spoken to, it's their mate from the pub who's not particularly an expert or they'll say something really helpful like, have you considered interviewing Bill Gates? (laughs) But this was actually someone who knew what they were talking about who wasn't on our radar. Exactly. He worked with One Direction, Tiny Temper, Little Mix. So I thought, well, we've got to get in touch with this guy. But he was in Australia, so you interviewed him via Skype. Yep. And we're about to play the phone conversation. This has never been played on the show before. Mm -hmm. This is what was happening behind the scenes. What did you ask him? Well, I said to him all of the things I learned from Chris, you know, for it to be a decent Christmas song. It needs to be in a 12-8 time signature. It needs to have jingle bells, and it's got to be in a major key. Three golden rules. Yeah, exactly. And he was like, yeah, 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 that's fine. But then he said there's one important thing that you have to do first. We just need, we need the one key line. I'm, I'm like constantly trying to find the key line. Now, the key line is really, really important to any song. At like, not only to a Christmas song, but to any song. It's a really efficient line. And it's a line that 
says everything that you want to say about the song in one line. Okay. So basically, you don't even have to listen to one other lyric in the song. We can actually test that theory out. <laughs> Literally, gibberish and then one key line. <laughs> <laughs> and what would be? What's an example of that? Adele. Um, never mind. I'll find someone like you. So that key line is simple words. They're really simple words. But if you deconstruct them, all of a sudden you've created the whole story in your head from that one line. So she's she's not with someone anymore that she used to be with. Okay, she's not with them anymore. She still wants to be with them, even though she can't. But then she's trying to convince herself that it's okay. I'll find someone like you, when she probably knows she she never will. Actually, she never will. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. this is all in in her. She's like, I'm feeling a bit sorry for herself. Actually, making everyone else feel sorry about her. You know, all of those things come into like in just that one little line. So you created that whole story out of that one little line. That's what. That is what. That's, that's what we need. Like, find that first. If you find that, like your job is like half done. Week three. He was like, you need to get yourself a hook line. When the only way you can get yourself a hook line is by free writing. And free writing is where you time yourself for like 10 minutes and you just write. So you know you're writing for a Christmas song and you're not yeah. allowed to be disturbed. You can't stop. You've just got to go. So that's what I did. Here's, here's a bit from like a couple of lines in. Christmas is a time to be with people, to listen to people, to hear people. That's a question for some reason. Christmas is about communicating. No, it isn't. What a load of shit. Okay, so snow, animals like deer or whatever. Sounds like Christmas. It sounds like Christmas time. Yes, right. Christmas is a time full of shit and bollocks. Stuff that doesn't really matter. What we need is to listen carefully to the sound of Christmas time. This is the time to listen to Christmas. Put on your headphones and listen to Christmas. (laughs) I quite like that. (laughs) I quite like that. This is the time to listen to Christmas. Put on your headphones and listen to Christmas. That's quite fun for a chorus. The rest of it, I'm not convinced about, I'll be honest. So I've sent all of that to Phil, and hopefully he won't run away. And the idea is that he'll look at it, and he'll make a song. Two weeks later. Breaking news. We have a Christmas song. So Philip recorded this on his phone, Uh but you have to try and imagine, this is what he said to me, imagine this being uh, Ollie Murs singing it. Right. Just have that in your head. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you The Sounds of Christmas, written by Philip Mark Anquitil and Ollie Piat. Oh, piano lads. I like it. Get out of my lonely bed in the morning. Radio's on about global warming. Rain is pelting down on the street. It's beginning to sound a lot like Christmas time. And you're still not mine. That's a great key change. Love a key change. You're bopping your head. Be nearly a year, I keep hearing your voice. Hate silent nights, but I have no choice. The light of the fire, mull the wine. Null down a few to forget Christmas time. So I feel like I've heard this before, even though I haven't. Because you're still none mine. I know what you mean. I'm already choreographing the dance moves. So how am I supposed to move on and forget? Because all I want for Christmas is inside my head. So turn off the carols, unjingle the bells. You're enjoying it. It's good. Smiling. Unjingle the bells. That's a good lyric. Good lyric. Don't light any fireworks, it hurts like hell. Because Christmas reminds me of you. 
I like it. It's got a kind of Paul Williams meets Scouting for Girls vibe. The sounds of Christmas remind me of you. That's really good. That is the bit at the end as well, right? So you've got a crush on someone at the office. That's yeah. the bit where you make eyes and say, come on, so a little oh, kiss. Oh, the Christmas party. Christmas kiss! That's where you make the ill-advised move, isn't it? It's the love actually moment. That's yeah. what it is. So reluctantly, I have to say, in all honesty, you have succeeded at this challenge because the simple task was, can you write a Christmas song? There's a question mark over whether you really have written this, but that is a Christmas song and you were involved in the writing process, so well done. First of all, there's no question as to whether I've written it or not. I have, and yes, you are right to say that, but we're only halfway through the series, so I've had this fixation on number one. Some might say obsession. Some might say unhealthy, weird, paranoid obsession. Ed Sheeran, he only sold 85,397 records to get to Christmas number one last year. Yes, I cannot get that figure out of my head. That is a completely achievable number. Well, it might be achievable if you had Ed Sheeran singing that song, but we don't. And we don't even have Ollie Murs. We have Ollie Peart. So how would you sell that many records? We are part of a podcast network called Acast, right? Yeah. And Acast have 20 million downloads every single month. Uh Uh-huh. I want to harness that power, that audience, that demographic to well, how? help us. How? You're not, you're not going to get My Dad Wrote a Porno or Adam Buxton to be talking about buying this single on their show. So how are you going to harness the network? Pod aid. Go on. Well, the idea is that we get all of the podcasters that we know, as many as we can get, and we give them a line in the song to sing. And so they all become part of the track. And then we use that power to drive it to number one. Can you just imagine? I'm being serious now. 85,397 and there are 20 million downloads a month. The podcast community, I'm telling you, we have the power. And it's been done before, as in not with podcasting, but like to get around the traditional means of getting to number one. So Rage Against Machine. Right. Yeah, that was like the anti-X factor number one, yeah, wasn't exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. And that but, was Facebook, basically. <clears throat> yeah, it's an online petition. And no one's there. done it really with podcast audiences. That is true. And if there's one thing we know about podcast audiences, they're very loyal. Yeah, but they're not deaf, crucially. <laughs> I still but think, you've heard the song. No, 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 no. The song's good. I'm not criticising the song that you definitely wrote. What I'm saying is you singing it might still be an issue. And actually you're saying pod aid, so you get all different podcasters to sing a line, and that's fun. I get it. But I'm a podcaster of some prominence if someone came to me and and helen on answer me this and said sing this line of this song we'd sing it out of tune and it wouldn't be very pleasant to listen to and that sounded a bit out of our range well i thought about that which is why i got back to phil and said uh, can we make it so it's suitable for multiple voices can we change it somehow can we maybe make it a little bit more comedic a little bit light-hearted so that it doesn't necessarily matter if somebody's got a good voice or not like the comic relief charity thing yeah a little bit style. like a, a mashup of comic relief and band-aid right uh-huh. and he agreed and Bagsy Bono can I be Bono <laughs> you can if you want but I want to be seeing the line put on your headphones and listen to Christmas which isn't in there I'll tell you what I will say this now you can have whatever line you want okay but he went away and he sent me an updated version of this track. Okay. Do you want to have a listen? Yes. Get out of my lonely bed in the morning. Radio's on about global warming. Oh, it's got some driving production behind it now. Do you feel like clicking? Christmas time. It's got the jingle bells. I think they're chimes, actually. 
Hate silent nights, but I have no choice now. Light the fire, mull the wine, I'll down a few to forget Christmas time. There's a 12-8. This is better than the Mel Smith version of Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree already, and that still gets airplay. You are humming! You are humming! It's great. It's an upbeat, pathos Christmas song. And it doesn't have the word faggot in it, unlike the other pathos song that everyone likes at Christmas. And Bonus. If, yeah, and if you remember my spaffing, I'm, and this is me, you know, clawing at that writing credit, you know, it was borderline angry. Yeah, he's t- very much boiled down the gist of what you put and put it into something palatable, but maybe there's a, a genus there. Okay, so what happens next? You want to get a load of podcasters to sing a line each. Yeah, this is where the real work happens, right? So we need to get in touch with them all. So a lot of emailing. And basically, when, when you say we, this is your baby. No, I, no, 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 no. You've I, taken you, this. Listen, no, you, you no, are, you cha- are, no, you said it yourself. No, you're a prominent the, podcaster. I did not say that I was going to help you in no, any way. No, I'm telling you you're going to help me. Well, how? Well, you're going to use your gravitas. Am I now? Yes. And what's in it for me? I mean, this is your <laughs> challenge. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. In the spirit of Christmas, <laughs> what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of this? We're going to give money to charity for it, Ollie. You didn't mention that. Well, you know, pod aid. I think that we should do something for charity. We shouldn't just, it shouldn't just be some kind of ego trip whereby we all oh, become uber it's the famous. the carrot they dangle in front of everyone when you can't be bothered to do the work, isn't it? It's for charity. Can't say no when it's for charity, can you? Good to know that you're on board then. So at this point, we are midway through Ollie's Christmas song challenge. Will... Ollie, get anyone signed up to sing? Which charity will be chosen to get the royalties? At this point, we assume that would be about 10 pence. Uh, find out after we say thank you to the sponsor of this bonus Christmas episode, Beer 52. Yeah, they're amazing. They basically deliver beer to your door. <laughs> yeah. Do you like beer? Do you like doors? Well, have we got a company <laughs> that you should know about? It's not just any beer, is it? It's craft beer. They're craft beer experts. Yeah, it's craft beer from uh, different places around the world. And it also comes with a magazine, which within its page... <laughs> it's amazing how every time you plug your column, you manage to come across a I wasn't actually going to talk about my column. I was going to say... Within which, that, no, that, within which is the phrase you're looking for? No, no. I was genuinely just going to say the nice flavour notes in there. Oh, okay. Fine. Go on then. Within which you'll find flavour notes for each of the beers that you get. So you can, you know, memorise those and then sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then possibly go and buy that beer again. That's the idea, isn't it? You check out the brewery and stuff. Although, to be honest, genuinely, I know this sounds like an advert and indeed they have paid for this segment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But real piece of content here. Uh, I never go anywhere else for my beer now because I'm very happy with the selections they send me in the post. They are delicious. It is very good. Um, So they are the UK's number one craft beer club. You can get a free box of beer you get eight of them delivered to your door for free for listening to this episode of the modern man all you need to do is go to beer52.com slash man that's uh, beer the number five the number two dot com slash m-a-n-n and get your free case now uh, you do have to put in your credit card information that's so that you can join their membership you can cancel that at any point 
after you have your free case. All you need to pay is the £2.95 postage and packing. Oh, and I write a column for the magazine. Yeah, we all have to pay by reading that. Um, <laughs> and if uh, you want to get your order in in time for Christmas... Um, here's you're too dead, late. Here's a deadline. No, you're not. Well, you probably are too late. Oh. It depends when you're listening. Yeah. It's December the 17th, 2019. Oh, okay. So if you're listening to this episode on the day it came out or the day afterwards, it's just about not too late. <laughs> um, if you've just downloaded this episode on the day of release, head now to beer52.com slash man to get a free case of beer in time for Christmas. And my magazine. Your magazine it is but No, now, no, no, but it? just my column. <laughs> Come on, you want to read that on Christmas Day? Cut out the columns and stick it to your wall. Okay, back into our journey through Christmas music. And uh, week six now, uh, Ollie has only just worked out he's got to get the whole record ready within two weeks if it's going to be out in time for the big day. Leading to this question. Week six. How are we going to get this made in well, two weeks' time? We need all the help we can get, Ollie, frankly. A couple of things. So chap called Joseph, at Suddenly Joseph, on Twitter. He's, he's, he's tweeted in. He said, at the modern man, track is great. Loves the track. It is good. Because I wrote it. That's right. But the computerised instruments won't perform well in the charts. I think he's got a point here. Well, yeah, it was a demo, wasn't it, that we played out? And what we're looking for is listeners who are professional musicians that have the ability to record at home. Right. At quality. So, hold on. Has Philippe in Australia sent you a backing track that they can play along to? Yeah. So, if you're listening to this and you, like Joseph, mm-hmm. play an instrument and would like to play on the finished version, yes. we'll send you the backing track so that you can send in your instrumentation. Is that right? That's right. The only okay. one the only one you can't is drums, because I'm going to do that. Um, someone has been in touch, Ollie. This, is, yeah, this doesn't sound good. Um, Who is it? Phil Collins? Is, you can fuck off if it is. <laughs> It's Tom Tom Meadows, you know, the Kylie's drummer. Oh, my God. Uh, we gave him a shout-out on the show a few weeks ago, and he got in touch and said, Hi, Ollie, as a thank you for your kind support, I'd like to play the drums on your Christmas single. So is that... What do I get? Fucking well, chimes. To, to give you your own words back at you, mm. it's for charity, Ollie. And I think I have to make the business decision that probably Kylie's drummer is better than you. You just said, I want the best line, I'm Bono. I am having... Okay, I, okay, okay, no, no. If Bono gets in touch and wants to be on our single, Bono can have my life. That's fine. That's but I'm the getting business a rap, decision. I'm getting a rap segment. I want to be able to rap then. If he's, I want to do something that's of percussive. Okay. And I definitely want a line. Let's try and find you something that's less culturally appropriating, but still plays to your talents. This is what always happens to writers. They write something and then they just get sidelined. I get the whole joke. Yeah, you co-wrote it. The fact jo- you're actually defining yourself joke? as a writer. We can go back. We can pick apart my ramblings. <sighs> go through Phil's lyrics. My song. Now, what was great was, at this point, Ollie, lots of people did get in touch, didn't they? Yeah, we had all sorts. Pianists, trumpeters, choirs, and uh, the whole lot sort of just became a little bit overwhelming by Yeah, it was more than, than you expected. It was a huge amount. And that's when we had to take a step back for a minute, be realistic, and start to lean on some of our behind-the-scenes team to actually get this done. You're using the royal we. You mean well, it's when you decided... <laughs> That this wasn't going to be something you could do by yourself. Well, it was a huge, you know, it was a monumental undertaking. So there were a few things that we had to do to, in order to meet the deadline. You know, we only had a couple of weeks to get this song out. So mm. we pitched a rough version of the song around initially because we needed a record label to get this thing out there. Mm-hmm. At one stage, Sony were interested in the record. Really? Yeah. But in the end, we ended up releasing with AWOL, didn't we? Which is like, it's kind of like self-publishing. It's like one yes. step up from that. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And the reason we did that is because of the tight turnaround time. Sony would need to, you know, get loads of cardboard cutouts of us made and that kind of stuff. It would have just taken ages. <laughs> <laughs> so um, 
producer Matt's wife, Louise, had to uh, get involved with that because even though we were releasing independently, there's a huge amount of admin that comes with that as well. So we needed somebody to do I'm not doing admin. I'll get it wrong for a start. So this is to do with like copyright and Whole making sure all the that. legal stuff's been done. Absolutely. And then in terms of actually getting podcasters on the record as well, you were roping in my contacts, Matt's contacts too. Yes. But I guess there must have been moments where you weren't sure it was all going to come together and people were going to get their vocals across to you in time. Yeah, so I roped yourself and Alex in to lay down your vocals to make sure that we absolutely had something. And you sang a little bit too. Of course, I'm the star of the show. Let's revisit that magnificent track. Week seven. So how am I supposed to move on and forget? Cause all I want for Christmas is inside my head. So turn off the carols and jingle the bells. Let's boil the chestnuts in stew. Don't light any fireworks, it hurts like hell. Cause Christmas reminds me of you. The sounds of Christmas remind me of you. I mean, that is a special vocal. I'm a special guy. (laughs) So at this point, we are a couple of weeks away from finalising the song itself. Mm -hmm. But there was one important detail missing. Do you remember what that was, Ollie? It was the charity. It was. So we'd put together a charity single without knowing who the charity was that we were going to benefit. Yeah, and in my defence, I was busy, you know, sorting out all the other stuff, making sure we had all the vocals and everything. And you did have some ideas, actually, of charities we could support. But I wanted, really, to try and support a smaller charity if we could, because I felt that chimed really well at Christmas time with podcast listeners and podcasters. And at that moment, coincidentally on my desk landed an email from listener Martin, who'd set up a charity in the name of his son, Samuel. It's called Samuel's Charity. And he wrote to me asking if I could come along and interview him as a middle feature for the show about his experiences setting up a charity. He didn't know that I had in the back of my mind, this is the perfect cause for us to contribute to. Yeah, and it was this interview that you're about to hear a clip of that changed everything. Because it wasn't just about creating a song, it was about helping Samuel's charity. Yeah, I went to meet Martin and I asked him about the origins of Samuel's charity. We were getting things for the ward, uh, like a toaster, mugs, spoons. We were asking the nurses and the other parents what we needed. You know, we raised some money through Facebook and then we were like, we've got some money, what do we do with it? Um, We knew the food was awful. But um, just buying teaspoons, there was a toaster that had broken that was a, uh, you know, often toast was one of the things that kids wanted to eat. Coffee, I think we got for the parents just so we could make it through the day. Uh, Little things like that to start with. It must have felt like quite empowering because um, even though it's a small thing, buying a toaster, Mm. you have no control over your child's condition and the chemotherapy is not working. This is something you can do. Yeah. A lot of the time you were... You felt helpless as a parent. I mean, your job is to look after your children. And you felt like a, a particular failure when your kids are ill and you can't do anything about it. There's a certain type of guilt that you that you often feel that you should have done something different or better. And that if it hadn't been you as a parent, then they wouldn't be in this position. 
What do you mean? I mean, how could that possibly... It's, a, it's an irrational guilt. It's not yeah. rational. It's just... You constantly think, maybe if I'd done this or I hadn't done that, maybe if I'd seen it sooner, if I'd been a better parent, if I'd been more aware, I could have caught this quicker. Maybe if I'd known more, I could have done more. You look into their eyes and you, and you know they're just pleading with you. Take this pain away. Stop this. And when you can't do anything about it, rationality isn't of any use. You just feel like you're helpless. And you blame yourself. How old was Samuel when he died? He was nine. It only taken about five months. Five and a bit from the time that we got, that we went to hospital to when he passed away. I felt like the whole world was behind a pane of very thick smoke glass. I was in the world, but I really didn't feel like I was of that world. There was my daughter, and I still looked after her 50% of the time because not long after Sam got ill, myself and my wife split up. So the time I had with Evie was my only contact, my only, the only relationship that I felt was really strong because it was there every day. And of course, you've got to talk to your daughter about it. That was the worst day of my life. I came back from the hospital the next day and I'd asked everyone not to say anything to her and I sat her down and I just said to her, your brother's passed away. He won't be. He won't be back. She. She got it. She was just at that age where she understood what was going on, and you could see there was a sadness in her, and a way that she'd changed, because even though Sam didn't live with us, he was. He'd come down every other weekend with me. She idolised him, the bigger brother. He and he loved her to bits as well. I mean, it was. It was. The day after I told my daughter that, that Sam had gone, you fall apart. I mean, I've not lost... The closest person to me that I've lost is my father. And the experience that I have of grief with that, although it's different because at some point you expect your parents to die, albeit my father died very suddenly and I wasn't expecting it at that moment, is the thing everyone says of three months later, four months later you know he's dead and yet suddenly you find yourself wanting to tell him something on the phone or you think he's about to walk in the room. I imagine that's the thing that's hardest. You wake up and you forget for a moment mm. and then you remember. Yeah. The, the normal things that you do, birthday parties is a, is a classic one. There's a chair that's empty. You expect to see him there. Or Christmas. All these little things that, that you just turn around and you expect that seat to be filled and it's not. Sometimes it just catches you, you know. Sometimes on the street you're walking along and you see someone and you think that's it's almost natural to go, oh, it's Sam, and that's not him. It's somebody else. And even though he would be 14 now, blimey. There was, not long ago, only a month ago actually, 
Evie is now older than him. Hmm. That wasn't a day I told anybody about. I didn't want to tell her, especially. You just don't know how, how that's going to affect them. And, you know, I don't want to add anything more to it. This is something that obviously you still want to talk about. You mm. wrote to us and said you want to talk about yeah. this. But I imagine it's something your colleagues, your friends, your family don't want to talk to you about. No. They, they don't know what the parameters are. No, no. When it first happens, quite a few people don't get it. It's one of the things we talk... I go to a brief parents group in Milton Keynes. And it's one of the things that comes up all the time. One day on or or a decade on, people have trouble talking about it. You're right, the parameters are unknown about it unless you've been there. And if you've been there, then, then it, it's, it is a, a club that nobody wants to join. You understand what it is only because you've gone through that, that, that time of, of losing something that you never thought would happen. Like you said with your parents, you expect it hurts. I bet it hurts like how I've been very lucky. I haven't lost my parents but you, it happens and you and you think about them and even my dad thinks of his mum and dad and he talks about them and has a chat with them and it's, it's, it's gorgeous. But you still see there's a sadness there. But five years on from losing a child, no, people think you've got over it, you moved on. People think it hurts to bring it up or that they don't know what to say or how to say it. Some people are great. In fact, the person that was the best was a nephew. Not long after Sam had died, and with all the other adults saying, oh, how are you doing, you know, what can I do for you, I'm there for you, you know, all, all these nice thoughts, but not hugely useful. One nephew, a 14-year-old, came up and said, he just gave me a hug and said, I'll never know what you're going through, but I'm here if you need me. And I think that was probably the best thing somebody said to me. Because they don't know what you're going through and I don't want somebody to try and feel what I'm going through because they're not going to get it. And I don't want them to even put themselves in that position. At what point, after he died, did you decide to carry on the charity? I was doing it a few weeks after. It didn't really stop. People were saying, oh, I'd love to help in some way. How can we do this? And we'd already planned this Tough Mudder. So we come along to that. The assault course? Mm, mm-hmm. Yep. I did that in the October. Sam passed away in the January, and it had been okay. planned for the October. So that we'd already planned that the year before. The thing about doing a Tough Mudder is the narrative is, look at me, I'm this bereaved dad, but look, I'm superhuman, I can do this amazing thing. And actually what you're describing is someone who doesn't feel like that. No, no. I knew what Sam was going through was, was, was awful. And I just wanted to go to do something that was tough as well. Mm. It wasn't about being superhuman. I felt so guilty that I was sitting there and he was going through that. And I would have done anything to switch places. And you almost want to put yourself through something. So there's an almost a small minute connection that Mm. you're going through something tough and you can almost have a a little, little bit of solidarity about that. And what about people listening to this who say, aren't there already charities for essentially children who have cancer, for brightening up wards? Aren't there already charities that support people who are terminally ill? Why give money to a small, specific charity? Yeah, there are loads of charities. There's loads of amazing charities. But there are so many wards 
that have no support. And we didn't realise this until we were in one of them. We also help individual children where their their parents can't help them. Sometimes we get, we'll buy them a, a final wish or a, a gift if they're very ill or terminally ill. And that's because a, a nurse or, or a health professional refer them to us. But the majority of the time is if people come to us saying that they need support on a ward. And it's word of mouth that's done this. And we have to limit at the moment how many wards we can help because we have very limited funds. We've raised £200,000 in the last five years. Wow. Yeah, but when you put it in perspective, it costs to, to, to redecorate a ward. It's £150,000 for a decent-sized ward. One of the biggest things we see is that even within a hospital, there'll be wards that have got a lot of support and there'll be wards that have none. There may be a ward where a famous person their child's been looked after there and, and they put their name towards it and they get lots of support. Down the corridor, there's a ward where they can't afford to buy pens and paper and paint. Those are the wards that we help. And there's too many of them. Well, you might be aware, I know because you are a man fan, that we are mm. running this ridiculous challenge on the show at the moment. Ollie Pitt is trying to get to Christmas number one. <laughs> <laughs> we have this charity single without yep. a charity at the moment. Would you allow us to donate the proceeds to you? Thank you, that would be fantastic. Chances are it'll be about 300 quid. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, every little helps. Yep. And we'd really like to support your charity. Thank you. And the song is pretty good as well, by the way. Isn't it? It is a good song. I had to eat my words. (laughs) I was was humming along at the same time as you last week. It was very good. I was impressed by that. Okay, man fans. So we have the charity and we have the song. Now we just need your money. What could your money buying our Christmas single Raise for Samuel's Charity Even £300 raised makes a big difference We'll buy a tablet for a ward or some tablets and they'll loan them out to the kids because a lot of kids that don't have their own tablets Sure. and that transforms their day from uh, distraction so that when they're having an injection or they're having some horrible set of medicine they can be watching a film and before they know it's done we pay for Netflix um, on many wards so they've got you know sign-ins that the nurses look after so there's always something for them to watch but here's the thing if we want to be ambitious it would be amazing to buy Samuel's charity an AccuVane here's Martin explaining what one of those is used for now an AccuVane is a handheld scanner that shows your veins. So it's about the size of a, of a, a really big mobile phone. And it, it's just a, a light that you shine on the skin, but it shows every single vein. And what that means is that you can have an injection done first time, every time. This one piece of equipment transforms a child's ward. That £4,000 is probably the, the best £4,000 I spend whenever I get the chance to, because not only does it cut down on the pain across a ward and some wards use them 20-30 times a day it is the smiles and the knowledge that you know that you've done something not just on the that was nice they've got something that looks nice it's fun to play with but medically you've really helped okay so you've quantified this for us 300 quid realistic target that would be nice fantastic if we can get to four grand wow that would make a difference that would be an accuvane for for a child's ward which would change that whole children's ward okay if Ollie Pitt's listening to this that should give him the kick up the arse he needs <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <Four Ollie. grand. laughs> Martin Lieb 
from Samuel's charity. And that was just a clip of the conversation. Do check out the whole interview on our podcast feed. The episode is called The Empty Seat. And it was that pledge drive from 2018 which was a real shot in the arm for Ollie's mission to create a Christmas hit. Still to come, find out what happened when The Sounds of Christmas was released and we'll have an update from Martin on just how much money we made. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We eight. What podcasters are in the final lineup? Can you reveal this now? I can. I can also reveal that the collective term for this group of podcasters is, of course, the podcast all stars. That's good because um, I guess legally Pod Aid was a bit problematic anyway. Yeah, because we'd have Bono over smashing our face in. And podcast all stars. It promises a lot. <laughs> Who have you got? We've got the modern man, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Deborah Francis White from the Guilty Feminist. Oh yeah. We've got Benjamin Partridge of the Beef and Dairy Beef and Network Dairy. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Martin from Answer Me This. I've heard of him. Imriel Morgan from Wannabe. Stuart Goldsmith of the Comedians Comedian. And the uh, How to Be a Dad episodes of this podcast, of course. Craig Parkinson from Two Shot Podcast. Oh, that's um, the guy from Line of Duty. Yeah, He's, he listens to the show. He came up to me at the British Podcast Awards and he started talking to me all about the um, interview we did with Craig Jones, the wildlife photographer. Oh, anyway. Do you, also, do you think he looks like Bradley Cooper a little bit? Craig Jones, the wildlife photographer, or Craig Parkinson? No, Craig Parkinson. No. We've got Maeve McLenaghan from the Tip Off podcast, and we've got Danielle, Margaret, and Michael from Do the Right Thing. Have you? Daniel Ward's on it. Daniel Ward. Good. That's not a bad, very solid lineup. How'd you get all their voices on the track? For Do the Right Thing, producer Matt went along and they recorded it in their dressing room just before they did their live show. Uh, wow. So they were doing as a warm up for their show. They yeah. were singing The Sounds of Christmas. Brilliant warm up, isn't it? Okay. Um, but for the rest of them, they just use their podcast setups. There's the advantage of using podcasters. They've already got microphones and recording equipment. So you just go, Oi, can you just, you know? And they do. They're not used to singing, though. This is Alex was very worried about this when we recorded her vocal last week. But Alex. Surprise me with her singing voice. Maybe she sings in the shower. We know what she gets up to in the shower, Ali. She talked about it extensively on the show. Right, well, uh, I consider my appetite whetted. But before we hear the song, I should say we're not going to hear the whole song. No. We're going to hear one minute and 30 seconds of it. Yes. What's the thinking behind that? Well, firstly, we want people to go out and buy it. So if we play the whole thing, people just listen to the podcast over and over again, couldn't they? We don't want <laughs> A plausible scenario. We want them to go out. We want them to go out, spend the money. Yes. Buy the record because that's what counts, and that's going to make the difference for the charity. Yeah, and that, okay, that is important because it is for Samuel's charity. So remember, if you are someone who's thinking I want to support this song, don't just stream it online. I mean, feel free to play it on Spotify when it comes out, but realistically, the money's going to be made for the charity by you buying the song, right? Absolutely. Okay, I'm ready. This is Podcast All Stars with Sounds of Christmas, which is available to buy on Friday the 14th of December, and it starts off with a couple of voices that will be familiar to listeners of this podcast. So we've had an email from Sam who says, I broke up with my girlfriend last Christmas. Now I can't face Christmas and I'm thinking about her all the time. Oh, I hear about so many relationships at Christmas time that end up making just like the turkey and being completely stuffed. Get out of my lonely bed in the morning 
beginning to sound a lot like Christmas time. Christmas time. Christmas time. Been nearly a year, but I keep hearing your voice now. Hate silent nights, but I have no choice now. Light the fire. That sounds really good. It's great, isn't it? It is really it's good. So good. It, when when we went when we went into this challenge, just think. No, you, you don't have to allow for me in this. I know I've claimed joint ownership, but this was you. Yeah. Don't say when we went into this challenge. I just read out an email. Yeah, but I mean, we're in it now. You're Bono. Yeah. No, well, actually, on that point, can I just? I'm not Bono, am I? Like, no. I wanted the big standout line. Well, you made yourself stand out in you that. Made, yeah, because I can't sing. Uh, so, uh, so you can clearly hear when it's me coming on. Yeah, of course you can. I'm distinct. God, I can't believe you made us do that. Uh, but uh, the um, uh, standout line is obviously the guy going, Inside my head! Who's yeah, that? That's Michael Legg from Do The Right Thing. Wow. It's good. It might have gone through Adrian a little bit, but I don't want to put him down. Speaking of which, I couldn't hear you in it at all. Where are you? Well, you know the bit where you know where you tried to make me pronounce stew properly. If yeah, you, so this is when we were recording this last week, and yeah. it was when you do the chorus: boil the chestnuts in. And when you say stew, you go stew, stew. in this very bizarre sort of schoolboy choir bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm not in the first chorus in the bit that we just played. I'm in the second chorus. Do you want to hear that bit? Well, you think I can pick out your voice in I the be- second chorus? You can hear. You hear me? Okay. Here it is. That's me. That's clearly you, yeah. Yeah. Because you sang Stroo. Yeah, but, that, you know, just want to make sure people can hear me. So how else are we going to try and crack the charts, Ollie? We're going to run an ad across a load of podcasts. Well, doesn't that cost us money? No. Why? <laughs> what? Why not? Well, because we're going to try and persuade Acast to run the ad for us for free. Oh, to insert an ad into other podcasts on the Acast network? Yeah, and I'm going to try and emotionally blackmail you as well because I want you to voice it. Oh, I feel like I'd be taking that away from you, Ollie. This is your project. Why do I get to step... Why does Billy, Billy Big Shits get to step in and do the voiceover at the last minute? I'm not going to sell it. Your nice, beautiful, it's low true. dulcet tones yeah. will sell this beautiful Christmas number one. Is that one. your Ollie Mann impression? I'm Ollie Mann. It's literally like just a man in a pub doing David Attenborough. I think you should give it a bash as well. I've got the script here. Do you want to give it a go? I'll look at it, yeah. No, here we go. No, I'm not going to do it now. Yeah, do it. No, do it now. You've written me a script. Yes. Just read it. Radio 4, come on. <laughs> this is Sounds of Christmas, the charity single featuring some of your favourite podcasters. And all I'm doing a smile in my voice, that's important. That, it, do you know what? I am melting inside. Yeah. Can you do that again? And, I need it for the bath later. Or I can do it again, but it's £50 for a pickup. Sure. And all in aid of Samuel's charity, Sounds of Christmas. Buy it now. Get to the fast bit. Oh, there's a disclaimer. Yep. 
You could stream it a hundred times, but really it's easier to buy it because that helps us get into the charts and raise more money. Sounds of Christmas. Download it now. That's not fast enough. Right, okay. Try and do it fast enough. I'm not fast. I'm not really comfortable with you directing me whilst we're recording a segment on our show. Do one more time faster. Just do one more time faster. <sighs> okay. Like like it's a, like you're selling carpets. Okay, this is going to... Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get Ollie Man to sell your carpet. <laughs> I'm the voice of the yeah. NASA Europe cartoons, thank no, you. No, I don't mean that. I just mean, like, you know, the disclaimer when you buy a carpet. Jupiter, it's like, whirling and fierce. That's me. Yeah, it's just, like, it's just like, you know, don't expect it before Christmas Day, and it could also be a carcinogen. That kind of stuff. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll go one more time. You could stream it a hundred times, but really it's easier to buy it because that helps us get into the charts and raise more money. Sounds of Christmas. Download it now. See, you're really good at that. I've got a lot to learn, haven't I? Well, you said it. Week nine. People have been tweeting me endlessly. People have been sending in their favourite lyrics. What's nice is that people have been taking the opportunity to promote the single of their own accord as well. There was someone who was organising a gig in London and they even made a handmade sign with the Samuels Charity logo on it to tell the audience that were coming to the gig to buy the song. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and the thing is, is because lots of people do charity singles for Christmas and other times of year, but the song is actually good. That could be the, the proper title. We should have thought about that. What, no one you know, cares? The Sounds of Christmas, open bracket, this song's actually good. In fact, whilst we're talking titles, can we be clear? Because we've said it both ways over the last six weeks. Yeah. The song is not Sounds of Christmas, the song is The Sounds of Christmas. Yeah, that's kind of my fault a little bit. So Philip Mark sent us a song called Sounds of Christmas. Yeah, just sounds, no the. Yeah. and then But I- including the lyrical hook, The Sounds of Christmas remind me of you. And I started calling it The Sounds of Christmas. I don't blame you for that. And then when we were getting the artwork done for the single, Terry Saunders, who's the guy that did the artwork, he also put The Sounds of Christmas and because that was the artwork associated with the track we had to call it The Sounds of Christmas <laughs> OK we've had a fan of the song Ollie get in touch and send us the following voicemail it's a voice you may recognise Ooh. Hi this is Jim Taylor occasional member of Reverend and the Makers and a long term man fan I've been happily devouring Ollie Man's output since uh, 2007 I've just realised I've just said I've devoured Ollie Man's output apologies for that image I, as some of you more eagle-eared listeners will know, I was the one who sent the challenge for Ollie Peart to write the Christmas song, not quite expecting it would take on the life it has. I was inspired when I saw him put a clip of himself drumming on uh, Twitter, so slightly disappointed that he didn't play drums on the final recording, although I have to say the drums are excellent. Also very pleased to hear that he realised that 12A isn't um papa, but it is the staple Christmas beat of da-dum, 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 dum used many times by Mariah Carey and Slade and Wizard and many others. Anyway, it's a wonderful tune. It's been stuck in my head for days now. I think it's got a good chance of making the top 40, if not uh, higher than that. So big props to Ollie Peart and the rest of the team. Have a wonderful Christmas. I'll speak to you all soon. Goodbye. Big props to Ollie Peart. He talks about chart position there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jim, thank you for that. You're welcome to devour my output whenever you like. Gross. Why don't you update us on how it's been doing? So since it was released, I've been keeping tabs on Amazon chart and yeah, the iTunes Yeah, when you say tabs, chart. you literally mean you've got 15 open tabs at all times. Yeah, refresh, 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 right? <laughs> and on Amazon, we got to number four. Did we? And on iTunes, we got into the top 20. The top 20, Ollie. Okay. iTunes no, no, charts. No, come on. No, no, no listen. No. No you, you listen listen to to, no, you listen to me. Whose show is this? Whoa. <laughs> now, that is really impressive, genuinely is, that for a moment we were number four in the Amazon charts. Mm-hmm. But that is one moment in time, isn't it? The chart gets refreshed a lot. 
and that's just about one platform that's just about Amazon it's just at that moment in time in this country we were the fourth most popular song for people to download on that platform right yeah talking it down here a bit no 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 I'm just being honest I wanted to find out where we were actually placed in the overall download chart okay because the download chart itself is then only part of the overall top 40 that gets compiled right so Mm -hmm. at the end of the week the official chart company topped together the download chart together with the streaming chart and correct me if I'm wrong here, 100 streams is worth one download, and then there's CD and vinyl sales to factor in as well. That's right. So it's hard to know where we are, even in the overall chart, but I thought where we are in the official download chart, yeah. you know, would give us a steer. And, Ollie Pitt, I can tell you that you are inside not the top 40, but the top 30. Ooh, that is good. really a thing, is it? People tend to talk 40 or 20, but still, you're at 29. And I genuinely think that's amazing. Because it does mean almost... I don't know how it's going to work out with streams. A lot of people are streaming last Christmas by Wham this time of year. Sure. You'd still think that would mean that Jim's right. We're going to be in that Christmas top so, but 40. That, but, but when they compile the rest of the stuff, that could then change. So it could, because the- there could be 20 things that are more popular than that on streaming sites. Yeah, gotcha. That aren't even available to download. Okay. And some people have been writing in to say they've not heard that beautiful ad that I made last week mm. live on the show that yeah. was going to be inserted on other podcasts in the Acast network. What's going on there? The advert does exist, and the advert will start going out on the Acast network across the podcasts that were involved and others that have opted in. And because you wouldn't let me play the drums on the record, I'm not letting you do the advert. Right. So I've decided to get somebody else to do it. Wow, that's not humble pie, that's fuck you pie. Yeah, that's a big fat fuck you pie. So do you want to eat it? Yeah, sure, I'm ready to eat it. Sure. Feed me in my ears. This is the sounds of Christmas. The charity single featuring your favourite podcasters. And all in aid of Samuel's charity. The sounds of Christmas. Buy it now. You could stream it 100 times, but really it's easier to buy it because that helps get it into the charts and raise more money. Fuck off! (laughs) Have you got Mark Goodyear doing our ads? Mark Goodyear. Oh my God, that's amazing. How good is that? That's the best thing you've ever done. Radio I'm actually, royalty. I'm, right no, I'm, there. I'm in awe. Yeah, you're sweating. You you're got really a, excited. No, I'm, I'm really excited. But come on, if you're going to get a voiceover guy, like, no one's better than that for a chart-based thing. So you don't feel bad about it then? No! Good, like, good, if good. if I was going to be replaced by anybody... No, I didn't feel bad about Kylie's drama like, either. I'll tell you what, like, even if you'd got, like, Peter Dixon, you know, like the X Factor guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, him. Even if you'd got that, I'd, I, on the show I'd have to be like... Oh, wow, Peter Dixon. But inside I'd be thinking, oh, it's a bit crass. Yeah, sure yeah, because dumb. he does like PPI ads. You know? You've got the fucking goodie, eh? Hey, yeah, there you go. That's amazing. So that'll be going out. So if you listen to No, the it's po- over. I don't want to talk anymore. It's oh, all right. done. That's so the best one. thing ever. So how can I don't you- care. Like, that is the best thing that's happened on this show. All right. The international listeners have no idea why I'm so excited about this. But anyway, he was the sound of the charts for yes, about... Yes, he was. Well, for our entire lives. And he does the Now adverts. Yeah, he still does Now That's What I Call Music. Yeah. Which I think most people recognise his voice from that now. Yeah, I wish you could have got him to say... And now that's what I call a Christmas single, but I imagine that would be burdened it, with all kinds of legal It doesn't problems. matter how good the thing is that I do, no, no, you still I, find no. a way to just talk it down. No, no, Ever so that, slightly. That's really oh, good. Oh, it was good, but... No, Ollie, no, I'll be clear with you. Banning that word from you. That's much better than everything else you've ever done. Collectively. And that essentially is where the story ended if you were listening to the podcast in 2018. But it isn't where the story ended, is it, Ollie? Because Christmas happened. It did. And the chart came out. The chart came out and there was news from that chart. (laughs) We were in it. We weren't just in it. We were number... Well, we were just in it. (laughs) Okay, fine. But we were number 30. 
eight yeah. in the download chart. In the download chart, which isn't the chart that's Listen, the official one that the, includes the, 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 the CDs yeah. and the streaming. Don't sound so disparaging. I'm about not. It. I'm just being honest. You kind of did. No, it's important to have the journalistic facts. Sure. We got to number 38 in the download chart. Top 40. Well done. Mm-hmm. You were tasked with doing a Christmas hit. Which you I made did. a Christmas hit. I did. And it wasn't just that, but the response from our listeners was incredible. Loads of people tweeting about it. Also, the podcast that we got involved with were tweeting about it, Do the Right Thing and the Guilty Feminist. Yes, Deborah Francis White actually DM'd me on Twitter the week that it came out, so like three days before Christmas, to ask if we could put together all of the podcasters that had sung on the single to appear at her live recording of The Guilty Feminist at the Lyric in Hammersmith to appear with a live band and sing the song. And I thought, on the one hand, that would be amazing for everyone who took part to actually sing on a big stage in front of an audience of thousands. And then I thought oh my God, that's going to sound terrible without autotune. <laughs> and how are we going to get everyone from around the country to come and do it? So we didn't do that. But it was amazing that she was prepared to support it to that level. Yeah, the, the, the sentiment there, which was great. But there was one thing that was missing from it. We didn't have, like every top 40 hit needs, a video. Yes, and you put together the video mm-hmm. free of charge. Yeah, I basically put the word out on Twitter. I gave people 24 hours notice to send me clips of them reciting our song yeah. and then the idea was that i would just lip sync i believe is the technical term that's exactly what the technical term yeah and so if you want to watch the video it is a bit odd because if you don't know anything about the show or the song it's just like what is going on but mm. if you want to see the video that ollie made from man fans listeners to the show who are enthusiastic about the song lip syncing along go to your youtube channel right it's still there yeah my youtube channel ollie Pitt. just search ollie Pitt on youtube you'll find it and of course it is uh, now christmas again because that is how the calendar works mm-hmm. And so people are beginning to listen to it again in 2019. Of course they are. Um, I've just had this tweet, actually, from John Howell, uh, who says, The Sounds of Christmas just popped up on a playlist of mine. Since last Christmas, I've separated from my wife and my father passed away. It's a totally different song this year. But strangely, it is getting me out of my grump and into a good Christmas spirit. Good job. Oh, that's are. really nice. He tweeted that on the 3rd of December this year. Oh, that's lovely. Which is, that's how you know that a Christmas song has cut through, isn't it? It becomes some people, I mean, admittedly a small amount of people, but some people's <laughs> Christmas tradition. I love it. I still love listening to it. And because lyrically it does have some depth and profundity. Because I wrote it. It is <laughs> it's just, a, you know, a completely pointless frippery. Yeah, it's a classic. And we've got a reason for you to buy it all over again. Yeah, we do. Because we have remixed the song for 2019 to include all the artists and musicians that we couldn't get in in our first effort because time limitations deadlines. and deadlines yes yeah. exactly so Which, people contributed musically but weren't on the finished record and yeah because we didn't have enough time yeah okay. so it's called the sounds of christmas 2019 mix excellent and we will put a link to that in the blog post to this episode on our website modernmanwith2ends.co.uk we'll put a link to ollie's uh, video for the song as well and of course a link to samuel's charity so you can donate to them this christmas Two, and remember... You could stream it 100 times, but really it's easier to buy it because that helps get it into the charts and raise more money. But that's not all. You will probably be wondering exactly how much money we've raised through this enterprise. Yeah, and I wanted to find out as well. So I spoke to Martin and asked him to send us an update. Hi, Ollie and Ollie and all the Modern Man listeners. Thank you so much for your support. So far, we've raised over £1,200 from the proceeds from the song... And from the donations from the podcast, the interview, we've raised over £6,500. From this money, we did quite a few things. One of the most important things that we did that has made a huge impact on thousands of kids' lives was buying an AccuVane, 
we support different wards with other items as well. For instance, we buy um, craft equipment, uh, TVs, tablets, iPads, um, games, books, DVDs, players, things that you think would always be supplied by the hospitals, but are just not. There's many, many wards that get a lot of support, but we look after the ones that don't. But our work is not done. There are hundreds of thousands of kids each year that are in hospital fighting serious and terminal conditions. My son Sam knew how hard it was dealing with this. Going through this is an awful time. And anything that we can do to help them, especially at this time of year, means a great deal. So if you could spare a few pounds, please buy the song or donate at samuelscharity.co.uk. Alternatively, if you feel like um, joining in with some of the events that we do, we would really love you to join us. Thank you and Merry Christmas. Oh, there you go, Ollie. You've done a good thing in your life. That was amazing. <laughs> uh, and so did you, if you bought the song. And if you didn't, then buy the song now. Ollie, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you. Uh, we will be back with a brand new season of The Modern Man for 2020, which starts, like all our episodes do, on the first of the month. Easy to remember. So New Year's Day, there will be a new episode of The Modern Man right there in your podcast feed and at modernmanwith2ends.co.uk. I've been Ollie Mann, the producer Matt Hill, and thank you to Louise Adams and Danny Linder at Rethink Audio for their help behind the scenes getting our Christmas singles together. See you next year. So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Tuesday, we head to the battlefields of medieval Spain to witness the very first ambulance. On Wednesday, it's the anniversary of the day Coca-Cola's creator hit on his winning formula. He dropped the wine, but kept the cocaine. On Thursday, the thief who stuffed the crown jewels down his trousers. And on Friday, when free-spirited Danish parenting put 90s New York in a tears. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every week. Weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.